Welcome to machine learning. Just because the junk bonds <clears throat> are being bought in the primary and secondary markets by the Fed does not mean that this is free money. Um, the, what the the reason why the Fed is buying uh, junk bonds is or, or and bonds is to uh, increase. Uh, the money available for corporations, new corporations that need to borrow debt. Uh, <clears throat> and when in March, when COVID in 2019, when COVID became uh, a more strong, then lenders became less willing to loan money to corporations, and so that made it more difficult for financing. Of corporate debt. So the junk bond market is heavily investing in the stock market and shell oil. And one of the <clears throat> criticisms of the bond buying is that they will buy uh, the debt that in essence, as they buy the debt, then it makes it easier for companies with large amounts of debt to refinance their debt and to increase uh, the amount of debt that they have. So the increasing amount of debt increases the risk. But the Fed saw that the spread between the corporate rates and the U.S. Treasuries was increasing, suggesting that it was harder for corporations to get uh, loans. And so they began to set up special purchasing vehicles because they can't buy the bonds directly. And uh, the primary bond market is in the, um, where the initial bond is, is being sold and the corporate bond is being sold. And the secondary market is where the after purchase and sell of uh, junk bonds is occurring. The show oil, in order to raise funds, uh, borrowed money from the junk bond market. Now, just because the Fed is selling bonds does not mean that it's free money, as I originally stated. The issuer of those bonds will still have to pay back their debt to the government. So they're just increasing uh, this money to American corporations so that they can <clears throat> operate. Uh, junk bonds also uh, are heavily involved with uh, commercial paper or loans for daily operations. And so if a defaults start occurring in the junk bond market, that can affect uh, the availability of loans in the commercial paper or uh, loans for daily operations for corporations. A junk bonds typically have high yields, and that's due to the, the increased amount of risk. In, so what we're seeing is, watch this pattern here. In 2018, there were $36 billion in junk bond maturities come due. In 2019, that amount would grow to $104 billion, and by 2020, the amount of junk bonds maturities due would be $182 billion. So in less than two years, we've seen over a 
a five-fold increase in the <clears throat> amount of junk bonds. Now, what is driving that intense growth in the corporate debt market? Pensions. Uh, huge trillion-dollar pensions have been buying <clears throat> junk bonds as interest rates have been extremely low. So as the Fed has drove down interest rates, that has caused uh, corporations to seek income in the junk bond market. So debt-laden companies will find it difficult to roll their bonds when principles come due. The history of low interest rates has allowed companies to borrow excessive amounts of money uh, through bonds to grow their business. Rolling a bond means buying another bond to pay for principal payment due. <clears throat> and I, I think that that uh, debt snowball can exist for decades, but at some point in that decade, there will be a default, and <clears throat> junk bond markets typically have defaulted between 10 to 12% in the decade. <clears throat> so the the high re- interest rates are due to the, the risk. After the Fed started purchasing uh, bonds, in, and I would say from what I read, about $50 billion, that the uh, spread risk dropped immediately. So it was somewhere, it was approaching 10%, but it dropped back down. Uh, and that suggests that the corporations now have money. They can continue to grow. Uh, there will be some layoffs, but hopefully not in the extent where companies are shutting their doors. Inflation causes interest rates to rise. The reason why it causes it to rise is because uh, risk offset of default. Banks uh, have to raise their, and corporations have to, Lenders have to raise their their rates to offset risk. <clears throat> um, and as that debt financing interest rates rise, that becomes more burdensome and even forcefully driving the, the defaults. So while interest rates remain low, risk uh, uh, tends to lower down and uh, inflation continues to rise. But if interest rates rise, then the defaults will uh, also increase. Commercial commercial paper or loans to businesses for daily operations are adversely affected by defaults in the junk bond market. And that um, um, will be an interesting trend to watch. Because we, because interest rates do need to stay below four percent, in order for the interest rate swaps to not have to do payouts, so the banks won't get clobbered. But at the same time, if inflation grows too quickly due to rapid increases in the money supply, then uh, then there will be problems with the uh, interest rate swaps. That's a three hundred and fifty trillion dollar market. Uh, there, there has been $7.8 billion invested in natural resources and precious metals, suggesting manufacturing orders or anticipation of order, increased orders is occurring. Uh, 
mutual funds are chasing commodities and junk bonds. And uh, the reason why is that they would chase that is that they're seeking growth. Um, but mutual funds go in cycles. I mean, they can have rapid growth during periods of, of growth, and then also they can have rapid sell-off and drops in price if things start to slow down. Um, pensions move pensions moved out of treasuries and into more speculative investments, and the reason why they did that they were somewhat forced to do that as the interest rates remain extremely low. Uh, they there there's a certain amount of money going out of pensions, certain amount of money coming in, so pensions in order to keep the um, keep funded levels. Uh, started seeking faster income inc- uh, income revenue and at the expense of uh, risk. So they started to invest in emerging market stocks that created hot money that fueled some of the emerging markets growth, and uh, they were able to capitalize on on that growth. Pensions also invested in high-yield junk bonds or commercial paper. Again, seeking that growth uh, over the risk of the increased risk associated with departure from the U.S. Treasuries. Now, the interesting thing that I find in the Fed buy of the uh, junk bonds is that the electronic trade funds seem to be the ones that are stabilizing. And uh, those are derivatives, um, and derivatives are financial cancer. And so when you look at the firming up of those electronic trade funds uh, as a result of the bond buying, it almost seems like the Fed um, is trying to stabilize the electronic trade funds and restore them back, uh, their books back to a certain level thus allowing the electronic trade fund to increase in its uh, presence and growth. And that can't be a good trend. But there's a lot of um, commodities and real estate that are tied in with electronic trade funds. And uh, the people, investors buy shares or ownership into those electronic trade funds but they do not have a one-to-one correlation in terms of their valuation to the commodity. So they work a lot like a futures, where um, the futures price is based on the expectation of the consumer or the uh, buyer. So in any derivative, there's a loser and a winner. And uh, and so uh, you have to figure out on those equations with the ifties, who would be the winner and who would be the loser. I don't like the trend because pensions have typically been very conservative. However, pensions under a funding crisis would start to create a wide variety of speculation and will be subject to severe loss that the pension insurance cannot protect. So what the pension funds do is they they buy insurance just like uh, CDS's consolidated uh, debt securities did they they buy a a um, insurance fund and so that the bond buyer uh, 
is reassured that if the payout on the bond doesn't occur, that they will get an insurance payment. Just a little similar, like if you have a car accident, uh, you can you can uh, have your insurance uh, will pay out to cover your losses. But the problem is, is these pension funds are are so large that the insuring party does not have sufficient funds to cover the the potential losses. Now it's interesting that the junk bond market is so much larger than uh, the collateralized mortgage obligations CMOs. That was the part of the two thousand eight meltdown that caused uh, the recession of two thousand nine. Was <clears throat> was that the discovery of the triages in the bonds that there was mixture of high risk. Um, debt collateralization so they were putting uh high risk debt mixtures in with uh with conservative and low low risk so then when moody's came and adjusted their bonds rating um then there was this uh this crisis in the in the debt market and that caused tarp and uh and the uh, bailouts to the banks because they were in a in in problems because they were selling their loans to these to these uh uh to the bond market and then that those downgrades then uh automatically adjusted uh the bond prices now car companies are heavily involved in the junk bond market GM Ford uh they 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 acquire junk bonds to help provide their financing and so if if their loans move to junk bond status then that means that uh, that people consumers are not buying vehicles at the rate that the, they had in the past and so uh, the company's ability to repay that debt is is uh, increased in risk OPEC could control the supply of oil being exported by controlling the amount of oil produced. U.S. shell oil producers remove open control of supply. Saudi attempted to put many U.S. shell oil producers out of business. Instead of cutting back production in 2015, they increased oil production, driving down oil prices $50 a barrel. OPEC did not realize U.S. shell producers could still profit even at $35 a barrel. Many shell companies, heavy in debt, and some financed by junk bonds markets, went out of business. Surviving U.S. shell producers became more efficient using new technology to extract more oil out of shell deposits. OPEC began diversifying money into foreign investments, foreign companies, and foreign real estates. Uh, OPEC departure from oil help make U.S. shell oil the king of energy. And so today, U.S. is the number one exporter of oil in the world, and that's largely due to shell oil production. There's still huge amounts of oil in Alaska that have not been developed, and the energy non-crisis scenario still is in effect. In 1994, major companies continued to downsize and mergers hit record levels. 
large firms merged aided by tax deduction of interest or on junk bonds. And middle class jobs were shed by thousands during 1980 to 86 period. Corporate acquisitions rose 1,567 a year to 4,022 a year for seven year record of 667 billion. In 1988 alone, the value of corporate takeovers was 336 billion, and in 1994, the total of 339 billion. The effect on the middle class was a uh, were elimination not only of what was perceived to be excess employees, but often eliminated many vital positions to pay back the debt financed the merger in the first place. Um, so in this article it's called the Fed may buy junk bond FDs they can reward reward even the worst issuers um, he, he states that the, the primary uh, and secondary markets will have up to can purchase up to 700 at $50 billion worth of investment grade and junk bonds. So it's not just junk bonds that they're purchasing. It, it can be investment grade uh, bonds also. But he brings out a interesting case in point um, about bad investments allowed to uh, survive due to the junk bond purchases. He says, consider MEG Energy, a small Canadian oil company with 451 employees. MEG had a negative earnings in 2019 and 2018, and its stock has a minus 33% five-year annualized return. Moody rates it unsecure bonds B3, which means that they are considered speculative and are subject to high risk, high credit risk. Two letter grades above CA rating bonds, very near default. Or how about the Texas oil company, Comstack Resources, CRK? It has 207 employees at a negative 15% 15-year analyzed return. Its major, sh major shareholders, Jerry Jones, is the billionaire owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Moody's gives its bonds even a worse CAA rating. So he asked the question, do these two companies both struggling long before the coronavirus and one which is Canadian deserve U.S. help? Now, as far as I understand, the rules for uh, the bond purchasing by the Fed is that it, these companies that are issuing out the corporate debt have to be U.S. Com companies. Um, the, the article I read on that states that. So... I don't know why he's bringing up a Canadian company in in this analysis because it doesn't apply. He said, while buying the FDs doesn't give money directly to these companies, uh, so while buying either the investment-grade bonds or the junk bonds does not give money directly to these companies, it builds up it bids up their debt price, making it easier for them to refinance it. And I guess that's just going to be the side effect of the Fed buying 
is that it will let um, bad companies, investments, uh, have a allow them to refinance more easily because the markets are more liquid. Um, he tries to make this sound like it'll be a moral hazards created by politicians. But in reality, this is just the Fed's way of providing loans to corporations that uh, because the they become actually the lender of last resort. So it is a crisis point, and uh, and if they hadn't provided that, then there there could have been um, a hard recession hit. So it said the Fed has said that it will buy high yield bonds to backstop uh, companies. The Fed did not make a distinction between the companies that were rated below investment grade before COVID-19 crisis and fallen angels that were downgraded to junk as a result of, per, of it. Purchase of a newly issued junk bonds and individual junk bonds in the secondary marker, market will all be of the fallen angel variety. The fallen angel is kind of an interesting analogy there. Uh, it shows that, that the uh, death of the dollar is possible. Um, he, said, he also quotes and says, if you're going to pick airlines, uh, this is talking about Schenkman Capital, if you're going to pick airlines to bail out, and say that they are critical to the U.S. economy. Well, how about how many years have we heard that we need energy independence? Well, we we are, I think, moving towards energy independence. We did in the 70s when OPEC cut um, oil production, Alaskan oil production increased. So we didn't have a limited in resources. It was just a matter of priorities. So we, you know, energy independence is a function of priority. And uh, once once uh, once uh, that becomes a national priority, then oil production will increase. Okay, I want to move to the next article that I read on this, uh, which was interesting. Let's see. Okay, this one was written by Charles Schwab. Uh, it's kind of a lengthy article. It's called The Fed's Corporate Bond Buying Programs. Okay, In this one, he uh, explains what the rules are. Um, and he mentions here that uh, there are certain conditions that are eligible for um, the bond buying they have to include ratings of BBB plus or BAA3 uh, above, on, or after March 22nd, 2020. The business must be created or organized in the United States, and a majority of its employees must be based in the United States. The issuer must not be an insured depository institute or depository institute holding company as the terms defined in the Dodd-Frank Act. In other words, they're saying no uh, banks. And maturities of four or less for the primary and five or less for the secondary. 
Um, then he asks, how many corporate bonds and corporate bond FDs can the facility buy? Okay, so we've previously mentioned that they have a capacity of $750 billion. But then he states that the U.S. Treasury will make a $75 billion equity investment in facilities, and the Fed will use its borrowing power to increase that capacity to $75 billion. So the Treasury will buy $75 billion, and the Fed will then expand that to $750 billion. So it's interesting because he says here the SMCCF became operational May twenty second, uh, May twelfth, but initial purchases of corporate bonds FDs only. So they're only buying FDs. That's what they I guess they're considering investment grade bonds. Um, secondary market held one point eight billion in corporate bond FDs. It's, the facility is expected to begin buying individual corporate bonds in the near future, but a specific date has not been announced. The primary is expected, primary PMCCF is expected to become operational in the near future. So these are all, it's all ramping up. Um, again, they make a clarification that the bond buying is not free money, that the initial issuer will have to repay that that money back. But it, he did say here, he said that uh, U.S. investment-grade corporate bonds and the remainder will be in IFTIs whose primary investment objective is exposure to U.S. corporate bonds. Despite headlines about the ability of these facilities to buy high-yield bonds, the number of high-yield bonds that are eligible for purchase is extremely limited. Based on our calculations, there are less than $50 billion in eligible high-yield bonds to be purchased. So again, that's that's a kind of, uh, seems to go juxtaposed to what they were originally saying, which is $750 billion capacity, but... They, they they have a $750 billion capacity, but only $50 billion of eligible high-yield bonds. So, um, that doesn't make sense. So, I wonder if the primary buying then will be in the secondary market uh, with the junk bonds. Well, the the immediate effect of this news was that it lowered the the credit spreads. He states that spreads surged in mid-March due to negative impact of fighting the coronavirus. With the economic slowdown in a halt to halt, corporate profits were likely to suffer, making it difficult for issuers to make timely invest interest and principal payments. Spreads rose as a result as investors demanded higher yields to compensate for their increased risk. Spreads have declined sharply since the Fed's corporate bond buying facilities were announced, but still remains above pre-COVID-19 levels. The drops in spread means investors are earning relatively lower yields today compared to mid-March. Um, so then... As soon as this was announced, uh, then there were some corporates started to issue more bonds. 
corporate new market effectively shut down in early and mid-March. Investors generally were not interested in lending to corporations, giving increased risk or extra yield. That all changed after the announcement of new facilities uh, provided by the, by the Fed. The investment-grade corporate bond, while issuance began to surge through the first few weeks of May, this increased uh, issuance generally occurs before any purchase by the Fed's facilities actually took place. It's just good news, you know. The corporations or lenders are starting to open up a little bit and uh, loan because they know that the Fed is going to be there buying also. Then he states here that uh, FD prices are generally back in line with their net asset values. So they, they suffered a loss, and then the Fed's announcement then firmed up the prices for the corporate IFTs, as I previously had stated. Um, so then, it, uh, then what does this mean for investors? Uh, it means that they're, they're going to have a lender of last resort. There's going to be bond buying purchases for new bonds, investment grade. Uh, and they'll be able to build up their cash balances. Corporate profits should remain, he says here, however, corporate profits should remain under pressure. Uh, this won't necessarily prevent additional downgrades. With spreads along their long-term average, investment-grade bonds appear attractive for investors willing to take on additional risk compared to holding very high-quality investments like U.S. Treasuries. Wouldn't caution that volatility could pick up if the outlook deteriorates. However, for these investors looking for more conservative investments and stable, low, volatile investment-grade corporate bonds are probably not appropriate. All right, well, that's put out by Charles Schwab, and it was a pretty interesting article. And uh, again, you know, we we uh, talking head on uh, on uh, corporate bonds, junk bonds, and definitely look at uh, my binomial simulation that I put together on what a ten percent uh, default rate would look on a random distribution, and uh, as it relates to the potential loss, it's not good. But uh, maybe that's why the Fed realizing that those those rates had uh, the spread is was increasing and the recession was uh, in the horizon. Stood stepped in and became a lender of last resort to prevent a recession. <laughs>